You did a good job, Stephen. Way to go, man. <laughs> Glad you're with us this morning. Uh, I don't know how much you guys get into uh, Halloween time, but that time is upon us. Now, I know that sometime, I think last month, being September, uh, sometime last month is when Walmart and Target and some of these stores started putting out the Christmas stuff. But that's still a little ways away, okay? It's Halloween time. And you may already be decorating for that. You may have your fall decorations out. Uh, it's one of those times of year that I enjoy. I enjoy seeing the different costumes that people come up with. Uh, there was a time when I was younger that I really enjoyed, uh, you know, going around and getting all the candy. Now I enjoy just buying bags of candy and, oh, those didn't quite make it into the children's bag. Sorry about that. What a shame. There was, uh, I, I, I want you to be thinking about like costumes and masks and things. That's what we think about this time of year, right? That's what a lot of us think about. And, and um, years ago when I was doing youth ministry over at the Southside Church of Christ in Rogers, I, uh, we would have like some kind of a Halloween party or a Halloween lock-in every single year. And this one year, I uh, decided to have a costume contest with all the teenagers, just dress up. You know, we had different categories, uh, most creative or funniest, or you know, I'm, I don't even remember what all the things were. Um, but uh, Stephen Bowman, who's been leading our worship this morning, came dressed, and he wasn't one of my teenagers, by the way. He was, a, he was an adult, just so y'all don't think that somehow he's younger than I am. Let's not... Let's not believe that because it's not true. Anyway, uh, he came that night just to, just to have some fun with the kids, and he, and, he, and he was dressed in full camo, and then he had this mask on, and this, it was kind of this Frankensteinish, old manish kind of, it was just a, a freaky kind of mask. And he had that on, and, and the jacket they had had a hood on it, so he pulled the hood up, and he had his hands in his pockets the whole time, so you couldn't really tell who he was. And he just walked into the teen area and he just, he would sit in a chair. He'd go sit in a corner. He'd just go stand by some teenagers, not say a word. And they kept going, who is that? And they start calling him by different names and, it, you know, not knowing who he was. Or maybe he was a guest, some friend that somebody brought with him. And he never said a word, which got to be kind of creepy after a while because this guy with his weird mask on would just come and stand there. But nobody could figure out who he was because of the mask. And once he took the mask off, they're like, oh, Coach Bowen, oh, I never knew. But they couldn't figure out who he really was because of the mask he was wearing. That's the purpose of costumes, right? That's the purpose of masks. We don't want to be who we really are. We want to, people to see us, at least for a few minutes, as somebody else. My family, uh, when, when my boys were younger, we really got into the Halloween stuff. We had different kind of themes and costumes every year. And back in 2007, uh, Dallas Henderson took a picture of our family. We were the Star Wars family that year. Yeah, it was awesome. It was great. There were other people that wanted to take pictures of us. It was fantastic. Uh, you know, Christy with the whole Princess Leia look. And then, you know, Tyson, going on to the next picture, Tyson was Yoda. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> At that time in his life, I mean, and he would run through the house in his costume, and it looked like Yoda was running down the hallway. It was crazy. And we spent that Halloween being Jedi, you know, being these Star Wars characters. My boys loved it. They had a, they had a great time, not, not just going around trick-or-treating, but actually, you know, having uh, lightsaber battles and, and being something that, that they weren't really, but at least pretending to be. It's fun to dress up. It's fun to put on those costumes. It's fun to put on the, bat, the mask. But you know what? What we want to start addressing this morning is the fact that many of us wear masks on a regular basis on a daily basis. 
And that's what we want to start talking about today. The masks that we wear, the, the, the things that we do to try to cover up the real us. To try to pretend to be somebody that we're actually not. And learning how to be okay with the real us and learning how to get unmasked. That's really what we're talking about is, is figuring out who I am, who's the real me. And, and being okay with that and being willing to let other people see that part of me. How to, how to take off the mask that I wear in my relationships, in my, in my connections with my coworkers, even just in my, own, in my own faith, just even with myself, my own self-image, the mask that I wear, how to get rid of those things, how to take those things off, and hopefully unmask the real me. That's what we want to focus on this morning. And for the next few weeks, throughout this month of October, we're going to be talking about getting unmasked. We're going to be talking about different ways, different masks that we put on and how to start getting rid of those things. And I kind of wanted to start this morning, you know, kind of a, I guess, an overall lesson, but just really talking about just this concept of who, who is the real me? And why is it that I try to cover that up sometimes? I mean, there's all sorts of masks that we wear. We wear masks, I guess, in a, in a physical way. In 2018, Americans spent over $16 billion on cosmetic surgeries. And that's not for life-saving purposes. That's because somebody looked at themselves and said, I don't like what this looks like. And they went through some kind of surgery process to, to do something different about that. And if you're one of those people, I'm not criticizing you. I'm just saying our culture causes us to believe that whatever this looks like is unacceptable in some form or fashion. And we become unhappy with it. And we, we get surgeries. We buy houses that we can't afford. We get the newest cars. We get the bigger uh, TVs. We go on, on trips and vacations. And we got we to gotta convince ourselves and try to convince other people who, uh, 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 that we are somebody that we're really not. And how many, how many hours do we spend on social media trying to, trying to take pictures of ourselves and make ourselves look in a certain way? And I, I'll confess to you, I do the thing with the phone. As overweight as I am right now, I make sure to hold it up here so you don't see all the neck fat when I take my picture. Anybody else do that? You don't have to confess. Don't, don't raise your hands. I'll be the one to confess that today. I do that because I'm not real happy about it. There's all sorts of things that we don't like just about ourselves. We want to convince other people that that's not really us. Maybe even try to convince ourselves of that. We have emotional masks that we wear. Some of us, some, some of us in this room struggle with depression, struggle with stress and feeling overwhelmed by our debt. And we have marriage issues and we have issues with our parents. We have issues with our kids and, and, and we're arguing and we're frustrated and we're angry and we try to cover all that up. And when we see our church folks or even our coworkers and everybody says, good morning, how are you this morning? Great, everything's fine. We're wearing a mask because the real us is falling apart. We don't, we don't want anybody to see that. We don't want anybody to see that aspect of us. Maybe even spiritual masks that we wear. Some of us this morning, not even just this morning, some of us come to this building on a weekly basis. And right now we never felt more distant from God. We feel disconnected from, from his church, from people who care about us, from people who love us. Maybe we're struggling with questions. Maybe there's things that happen in our lives and man, I'm not for sure this faith, this faith that I'm supposed to have, I'm not for sure that it's real. 
Maybe there's other people in this church family, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago with our church baggage. There's people who proclaim to have the same faith and the same purpose in life that I do, and yet they've hurt me in some way. But I gotta, when I come to church, I gotta pretend everything's okay. And I gotta put on my, my church mask. Some of us have been doing things all week long that God would never approve of. But we come together with our fellow Christians and go, no, no, everything's fine. I'm so close to God right now, I'm blessed. Hashtag blessed. I hope you understand I'm not picking on anybody this morning. I want us to be honest. This is stuff that many of us are struggling with. That we, we, we feel like we have to present ourselves to other people in a certain way. We have to be somebody that may not be completely who we really are. And the reasons why we, have, we feel like we have to wear those masks, I mean, those come from a lot of different places. I mean, we... we we become convinced in our minds that there's an ideal person, there's an ideal lifestyle, there's an ideal look, and, and that's what we need to have to be acceptable to other people or even to accept ourselves. But then we look at the reality, and the reality doesn't look anything like the ideal that we've created in our minds. And because we're, we're so far off of what picture we've created, we feel like we've got to mask that somehow. We've got to mask the real me, the real me, so that people will accept me or so that I'll be acceptable to myself. I believe that all the masks that we choose to wear, it boils down to, I choose to wear a mask because of one of two reasons. One reason is I assume that there is something that others won't like about me. That there's something about who I am or the way I do things or, or the way I look that people won't like. That if you saw what I, if you happen to see what I really look like, if you knew the kind of hurt that I'm dealing with, if you knew the mistakes that I've made, if you knew how much debt I actually have, if you knew about my addictions, if you saw how unhappy I really am, you wouldn't like me. You wouldn't want to be around me. You wouldn't accept me. And so I have to fake it. I have to pretend that I feel a certain way that I really don't. I have to pretend to be somebody that I'm really not because I assume that you won't approve of me if I don't. And so I wear a, a mask. I try to be who I think you would approve of, even if it's not really me, at least in that moment. So I wear a mask. Or sometimes, I mean, the other reason I wear a mask is not because I can't get approval from you. There's just something I don't like about myself. There's something I don't like about me. I know what I really look like. I know the kind of hurt that I'm dealing with. I know the mistakes that I made. I know how much debt I actually have. I know about my addictions. I know how unhappy I really am. And I have this picture of, of who I'm supposed to be, of what I'm supposed to look like, how my life is supposed to go, and then there's the reality. And I look at the picture that I've created of what the best would be, and I look at how I really am, and I don't like this very much. This is real, this is who I really am, but I, it, it doesn't look very good to me. And because it doesn't look very good to me, what do I gotta do? I gotta put on a mask. Not because you've said anything, not because you've treated me any different, not because you would treat me any differently, but because I'm convinced that there's something that I don't like about me. And if I can just pretend to be this ideal person over here, then that'll make everything okay. Am I describing you this morning? 
Am I describing any of you this morning? I'll be honest with you. If I'm not describing anybody else in this room, I'm describing myself. Maybe not all the time, but there are times in my life when I want you to see me in a certain way. I want you to perceive me to be something that in reality may not be completely accurate. I want you to see me as always having my act together, as always having the right answers, as always making the right choices. And folks, that is so far from reality. And let me just go ahead and I'll, I'll just confess to this church family. I'm sorry when I do that. I'm sorry when I ask you to be real with me and I'm not willing to do that with you. And I want to get better. I want to get better at taking off my mask and being real and trusting that you'll accept me. And I want to be able to do that for you. Are, 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 we, are we struggling this morning with who we really are, with our true identity? If, if you're struggling, let me help you, hopefully. As we, talk about, as, as we talk about not being, not being fake, as we talk about unmasking who we really are, let me hopefully give you a clear picture of your true identity this morning. Of your real identity, the real you. God gives us that picture throughout Scripture. In Psalm 139, David says, I was knit together by God. He created me on purpose, he created me with a purpose. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says that God loves the entire world, loves all of us. Loves all of us that love him, loves all of us that can't stand him. Loves all of us that don't know him. He loves us passionately. He created each one of us. He designed us specifically, and he loves us desperately and passionately. John chapter 16 and verse 33 tells me that the world that we live in is fallen and broken. It's imperfect. Things mess up. Things fall apart. And I don't even have control over those things a lot of the times. But this world is not as perfect as it should be. And Romans chapter 3 tells me that I'm not as perfect as I should be. That I mess up. That I make mistakes. That I have flaws. And, and going on in Romans chapter 7, Paul tells, confesses that he's not only broken and messed up, he keeps doing the things that are broken and messed up. And even though he's trying to live this perfect life that, that he believes God wants him to live, he keeps, he keeps doing that imperfectly. He keeps making mistakes. He keeps falling down. And, and if we understand all those things, we put all that together, I want everybody to tune in this morning. If you haven't listened before to this moment right now, I want to encourage you. There's a blank space on the back of your bulletin. Write this down in the notes section or pull out your phone or your tablet and get ready to type this out. Get ready to text this to somebody that you know needs to hear it. But I want you to hear this. I'm, what I'm about to put on the screen. Take a picture of it with your phone if you want to, okay? Because I want you to know the truth of this statement I'm about to make. Everybody ready? This is your real identity. This is the real me. I am a perfectly loved creation of God, living imperfectly in an imperfect world. I am a perfectly loved creation of God, living imperfectly in an imperfect world. I hope that makes sense because that's all of us, folks. 
this world that we are living in is fallen and broken and things fall apart and things don't go like they're supposed to and we get mistreated and we get hurt all the time. And sometimes that's because of other people's choices and sometimes that's because of our own choices and sometimes it's just life and we don't have any other answers for it besides that. This is an imperfect world that we're living in. And within this imperfect world that we're living in, we're living in it imperfectly. We have this ideal, we have this picture. We look through scripture and, and, and read, this is who you're supposed to be. These are the choices that you're supposed to make. These are the words that are supposed to come out of your mouth. These are how you're supposed to treat other people. These, these actions are how you're supposed to treat other people. And we read those things and we say, man, I want desperately to be that person. And yet we don't, at least not consistently. We don't make right choices. We do dumb stuff. We say things that we regret. We mistreat people. We're imperfect. We're flawed. We got blemishes. We fail. We live imperfectly in this imperfect world, but there's hope. Because in spite of this imperfect world that we live in, and in spite of living in this imperfect world imperfectly, we are perfectly, completely, passionately loved by our God. And I want you to know that to be true no matter how many imperfections you have, no matter how many times you have done imperfect things, no matter how desperately you try to cover those imperfections and flaws up, my God loves you just as you are. Does he want better things for you? Absolutely. Is he hurt when you make hurtful choices? Sure. But then never, ever stops my God from loving you. Don't doubt that. This is your real identity. This is who I really am. I'm a perfectly loved creation of God, living imperfectly in an imperfect world. I hope this gives you hope this morning. It does me. It's not an excuse to go and make imperfect choices and do all sorts of things that God doesn't approve of and that are hurtful to me or hurtful to other people. It's not, it's not giving me permission saying, well, I'm going to do all that stuff because God just loves me anyway. That's not the point. The point is, even when I do mess up, trying to live the kind of life that God wants me to live, trying to be who he designed me to be, even when I have those flaws, my God loves me anyway. I don't have to be fake with him. I don't have to wear a mask. I can be the real me. And he loves me as I am. That's who you are. That's who I am. And if we can start viewing ourselves through that lens and viewing other people that way, we don't have to pretend anymore. We can be free to live unmasked lives and be the real us. Now, how do we get better at doing that? You know I gotta give you some action steps, right? Wouldn't be one of my sermons without it. We got tell me how to, how to do this. I believe this to be true and I want this to be true in my life. I wanna, I wanna know this about myself. I wanna live in the truth of this statement that we just made. How do I do that? Let me give you three things at least to stop doing. And we'll be done this morning. We'll, we'll continue this thing for the rest of the month. But this morning, let me give you three things you need to stop doing right now today. The first thing I need to stop doing is I need to stop being fake. I need to stop being fake. 
Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 25, the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, each of you must put off, must get rid of falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Now, this statement by Paul was not originally written in our modern day English. And the ancient Greek that he wrote these uh, statements in, th this statement in, we take that word in our English language, the word falsehood, and that makes us think like, don't tell a lie. Don't tell a fib. Make true statements. Tell facts. That Greek word actually has a broader meaning than that. It's not about not, it's not about telling untruths. It's about being deceptive. It's about pretending to be something that you're not. It's literally about putting on a mask. Paul says to the church, stop being fake. Stop pretending. Be honest. Be open. Be genuine with each other. This is the real me. This is who I really am. I need to be honest with my spouse about our relationship, about things that I'm struggling with, about things that I'm really proud of. I need to be able to be open and honest about those things. I need to be able to do that with my kids and hopefully receive that back from them as well. Some honesty, some genuineness. This is how I really feel about our family dynamic right now. I need to be able to be genuine with my coworkers about all the good stuff and about some things we may not be connected on and how to do that better. I need to be, I need to be honest with my God. If nothing else, to be honest, go, God, this is what I'm really struggling with. These are the temptations I really have. This is why I'm really hurting. I need to be honest with myself. I need to be able to look in the mirror and go, okay, this is really me. And I'm not going to worry about pretending anymore. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be truthful to who I am, and I'm going to be okay with who I am. I'm going to stop being fake. Number two, I'm going to stop comparing. This may be one of the hardest things for me to do. I am a champion of comparison. I look at what everybody else is doing or how they look or what successes they have, and I hold myself up next to that. And I get really, really disappointed because I don't feel like I measure up to them. Or I get really, really kind of arrogant because, man, I'm way more awesome than they are. And whatever it is, I'm comparing. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at you and going, yeah, you got this going on for you, but I got this going on for me. And I'm constantly comparing myself to other people. And the problem is that when I look at, when I look at all the things, that, all the good stuff that I perceive is going on in your life and compare my life to that and compare my flaws and my mistakes and my blemishes and my sins and my feelings, when I start to compare those things together, I might start to think that you would never approve of the real me. I look at me and I look at you and I think to myself, oh man, they would never, I've got to pretend to be somebody else when I'm around them because they would never appreciate the real me. Or I might start to think that I need to try to act more like you. Even if it's not the real me, I got I to gotta wear the same clothes. I got to go to the same places. I got to do the same things that you're doing. Even if that's not who I really am, I want to be like you because I see how successful you are and how many friends you have and how things seem to be going so well for you. Well, let me pretend to be like you too. See what comparison does to us? I might see your life and things that are going on in your life and how well they're going and think, well, that's what I want. And I might as well pretend that I've got it if I can't do it for real. Theodore Roosevelt said, comparison, comparison is the thief of joy. 
I'm miserable when I, got, when I get caught up in comparing myself to other people. Because all I can see is all the good stuff about them and all the flaws about me. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 5, everybody needs to carry their own weight. You need to carry your own load. Be responsible for your actions. Be true to who you are. You be you. I'll be me. We need to stop comparing ourselves to each other. I'm not you, and I don't need to mask myself in a way that looks like you. And you don't need to do that with me. I need to stop comparing myself to you and to this lifestyle that I, that I at least assume that you have and just be the real me. I need to stop being fake. I need to stop comparing. And number three, I need to stop focusing on the blemishes. How many times have we had really, really good things happen to us at work, but one thing goes wrong? And what do we go home that day talking about? The one thing. We do 100 good things uh, on the job, and one person says, yeah, but you didn't do this. And what do we think about the rest of the day? Sometimes not even the one thing they said, we just think about them. That jerk, how dare they? That's all we focus on. We focus on the blemishes. We tend to do this. We focus on the negative. We focus on the things that we don't like. And we become so obsessed with the flaws, we don't even see the good stuff. I heard, uh, um, I'm, I'm totally giving credit to somebody else for this. I heard the, the youth, the, one of the youth pastors over the uh, fellowship in uh, Rogers used this illustration the other day, and I thought, man, that's brilliant. So I'm going to use it, and I'm not, I'm not being fake. It, I didn't come up with it, okay? But I think it's awesome. So everybody do this for me right now. I want you to take your left hand, put it over your left eye. I want you to take your right hand, hold up your right finger. Now put your right finger over your right eye like this, over your right eye. Got it? Can you see very much? What's basically one of the only things you can see right now? Your finger, right? Got this, got this covered up, got this over, over my eye. I can kind of see a few things outside, but what am I pretty much focused on right now? My finger, okay? Now, keep your finger over your right eye. Everybody put it, y'all quit. Y'all put it back up again. Put your finger over your right eye. Now take your left hand away. Keep your finger there though. Take your left hand away. How much can you see now? See a whole lot more, can't you? Is the finger still there? Yeah, but now I see a whole lot more. This is what we do, folks. We focus on the one thing. We focus on the blemish. We focus on the thing that went wrong. We focus on the words that were said. We focus on the mistake. We focus on the flaw. And we don't see all the other good stuff that's all around us because we're so focused on this one thing. We don't see the good stuff about ourselves. We don't see the good things we're doing. We don't see how passionately we are loved by our God. We don't see all the ways that we are blessing other people. We don't see all the ways that other people are being a blessing to us. We don't see all the ways that people are loving us as we are, just like our God does. We don't see any of that because I'm focused on this right here. I want you to understand the blemish doesn't necessarily go away. I'm just choosing not to focus on it. Does that make sense? You're going to make mistakes. So am I. We're going to have flaws. We're going to make bad choices. We're going to have regrets. 
We're going to have guilt from those things. But I don't have to focus on it. I don't have to dwell on those things. Those things can be forgiven. Those things can be completely washed away. I don't have to think about it ever again. And I definitely need to open my eyes to see all the good stuff about me and about the people in my life instead of just focusing on the one thing. I hope that makes sense this morning. The Apostle Paul talking to the church in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he goes through a whole grocery list of bad choices that they had been making before they became Christians. He goes through and says, you used to be this person, you used to have these actions, you used to do these things, and all those things are ungodly. But then he says in verse 11, that is what some of you were. And I love the fact that he says it that way. That's who you were. Those are the things you used to do. That used to be your identity. That used to be the real you, but it's not anymore. And he goes on to say, you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Amen. That's an awesome thing. Paul says the real you wasn't very pretty until you met Jesus Christ. And he made everything brand new and he washed all of that junk away. Now the question is, why do you keep focusing on it? That's who you were, not who you are. Those are the things you used to do. That's not the real you anymore. So quit staring at the blemish. Go live a life of freedom in Christ as the real you. what we need to start doing. That's what I need to start doing. I need to stop being fake. I need to stop comparing myself to other people. I need to stop focusing on all the negative things, the little things. I need to see myself as the perfectly loved creation of God living imperfectly in this imperfect world. You know, when I was, um, when I was a kid and I would wear the Halloween mask, those plastic masks that are supposed to make you look like some superhero or some famous person. I, I would wear that and I'd go around door to door, ringing doorbells, knocking on doors, begging for candy. That's really what it is, right? I mean, we say trick or treat, but basically like candy, please. I remember, I remember either getting back in the car or maybe even getting all the way back home and the feeling of pulling that mask off. You remember that feeling? You've been wearing it for, you know, half hour, hour, couple hours, begging for candy, couldn't hardly see, tripping over everything. And when you get home, or at least you get back in the car and you pull that off and it's like this blast of cool air just comes over your face. And you pull it off your sweaty face and you start going through your candy and it was awesome. It was one of the greatest feelings. It was awesome to dress up and it was awesome to put on the mask, but man, peeling that thing off felt so good in that moment, right? That's what I want us to feel this morning. The freedom of taking off the mask. The freedom of not having to pretend anymore. The freedom of being able to be honest with my church family, with my own physical family, with the people who I know care about me, to be real and to be honest and genuine with all you folks. And to allow you to be that way with me as well, to live unmasked lives, to take, it off, take that mask off and just be real. David says it this way in Psalm 32 and verse 2. He says, yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. 
It is pouring down rain outside right now. I can see it in your faces. You're hearing that more than you're hearing me. I don't want you to miss this this morning, folks. Some of you sitting in these chairs right now have lived too long with a mask on. And you may not even realize how miserable you've gotten trying to live underneath that thing. It's time to pull it off. It's time to be real and to be genuine. Some of you know somebody, a family member, a co-worker, somebody in your neighborhood, somebody who's got kids in the same band or on the same sports team that your kids are on. And you know, you know they're exhausted from trying to pretend to be somebody that they're not. This week is the week to get together with them and go, hey, I'm not judging you at all. I want you to know you can trust me. You can be real with me. You can be honest with me. I want you to know that there's freedom in being able to be unmasked. We're getting ready here in a second to sing a song together. We're going to stand together as we sing it. And when we stand together to sing this song, it's a, it's a prayer to God. It's a song this church family sung before. Here's my heart. And it's a, it's a, a statement by us to God. God, here's, here is the real me. I have pretended for so long to be something that I'm not. But we'll start here with my heart. And I'll lay it open and I'll let you see it, God. And it's not pretty. But I don't want to live this fake life anymore. If that's your desire, you are welcome to come forward while we sing this song and share that with us. And you will experience no judgment. You will experience grace and love here. You know why? Because we're all walking around with masks on. We're trying to get in a better habit of taking them off. But sometimes we pull them back down again. We want to help you become unmasked today if we can. While together we stand and sing, come forward if you need. Mercy.